Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Full Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Gillian McMichael. I hope you've been finding our travels through the realm of love this month both fascinating and informative. As we continue onward in this journey, it's important also to look inward when it comes to the topic of love. More importantly so, when we speak about self-love. Do you struggle with living life to its maximum and embracing fully who you are, inside and out? I know I've been on a journey of self-discovery around this for the last decade and so are many of my clients and it's not always an easy journey. But my next guest is an advocate for this. She's an advocate for the self and finding that spark in your own personal life that will leave you living a life full of possibilities instead of a life filled with doubt. It's only through first loving yourself and accepting all of you that you can begin to lead a life worth being proud of. Claire Vogeli knows this all too well and has created a space where she can help nurture who you are and bring about intuitively living life to its maximum. She's a photographer, content creator and coach that has been capturing the beauty of the world. She also teaches women around the world how to create their beauty within too. She believes in self-development, lifestyle, whole food, community and awareness, which are key factors to living a life filled with zest and satisfaction. But before we get to the episode, I wanted to remind you about the retreats I'm hosting in Mallorca in Spain this coming May. If you're looking to reconnect, rediscover and reaffirm who you are, or you're a coach who wants to advance their coaching practice, I hope you'll consider joining me for one of my personal development retreats. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for more information on each one. But let's get to the conversation and welcome Claire. Welcome, Claire. Really nice to meet you. So thanks so much for coming on as a guest today. I thought what might be quite useful is for us just to maybe if you could start telling the audience a little bit more about who you are and the work that you do. Sure. Gillian, it's lovely to be chatting with you today. So I am a multi-passionate creative. I do lots of different things at different times, depending on what day it is. And sort of very recently only discovered what a multi-potentialite is in the last sort of year or two and really kind of lent into that. But um, I focus mainly on finding art and beauty and things and every kind of thing that I do focuses on, on bringing that out. Um, so I'm a photographer and a blogger and I'm a coach and they all kind of interlink and meet in different places and uh, I enjoy enjoy exploring all those avenues. Amazing. And I love that title, A Multipotentialite. Fantastic. (laughs) So it sounds like you've got some real creativity within you in terms of the the, the work and the different offerings that you you offer. How did you, first of all, kind of get into finding art and beauty in everything or in most things? I think that it kind of forms, you know, when you're sort of really young, your your why uh, kind of forms when you're quite young. And then we get into working and studying and kind of deciding, you know, what do we do or who are we? And you can kind of lose sight of that. And I think I've only very recently understood how that golden thread kind of runs through everything. 
and I mean I've always been creatively inclined and I've studied design and worked at an agency and got then into my my photography and then kind of changed direction completely and started focusing on the coaching avenue but I think I've realized that it kind of loops around and it's all connected I mean especially sort of photographing women uh, has been an incredible creative space you know joining the coaching and the the photography together yeah and it's amazing because obviously this episode in particular is talking about loving yourself and sometimes we don't always love the way that we look you know and I think when I've been looking at your website and everything you've shared on your website and again it'd be good if you could maybe share more about this with our listeners and myself that your start and your journey into self-love and body confidence just there's a quote here that I thought really stood out for me which was I spent most of my life waiting for a permission slip to be able to have what I dreamed of. I was waiting to be thinner, prettier, and more successful. I think sort of being in the photography industry, you learn a lot about how things are supposed to be visually portrayed. And um, I actually started out shooting test shoots for models for modeling agencies and kind of being gobsmacked at how I've had to um, alter bodies of already like really small women. And it kind of made me really curious uh, about how we are portrayed as women and that kind of got me into a direction of of asking more questions and doing a little bit more research and yeah I think also struggling when I was growing up as somebody that doesn't have a small body by society standards kind of feeling like that was my fault and that there was something wrong with me because I, I didn't look a certain way and then it kind of progressed into a project that I did with a with another photographer it kind of started by by accident where we were just kind of messing around shooting each other and I made a little banner for my my Facebook and I, I can't even remember what the quote was it's something along the lines of society and by societal standards I'm considered fat but I, I'm still you know I still have the right to to live and and enjoy my life kind of a thing and it just kind of started getting a lot of attention and lots of shares and people were kind of engaging with it a lot. And I thought what a, a cool project it would be to kind of get more women in to do the same, you know, maybe take a picture um, in something that you're a little bit more vulnerable in, something that you wouldn't necessarily be allowed to wear by societal standards and then have an opportunity to kind of share a story about your relationship with your body and it was crazy it just exploded and it kind of catapulted me into this space where I started having these conversations and started opening the box and you know kind of taking things out and really looking at like what is this ecosystem of body positivity and it was kind of at the rise of, of body positivity in like 2015-14-15 where it really started coming into the social media space and people were starting to have the conversation about the lack of diversity, um, you know, in, in the representations of beauty and, and women's bodies. So it's it's been incredible and it's it is, it's it's a a lifelong journey. I think I, I learn a new thing every day. What an amazing project because having grown up um, something similar to how you described, so not necessarily being big but not being small so not really necessarily fitting in and, and looking through all those magazines as a girl and I have clients and I'm sure you have clients who come to you with similar challenges around how they look and how they feel within themselves it's such a real difficult 
thing, I think. I don't know what it's like for men, but certainly for women in particular, I think it's it's quite difficult because if you're not kind of that model-esque um, individual, then actually you're seen as being big. And, and I think that's quite scary. So tell me about this kind of difference between body neutrality, because I know that's what you're a big advocate for versus that body positivity. So what's the difference? So I think body neutrality is is kind of, it's like a, an evolution of, of body positivity. I think they're both very important. I think body positivity really kind of started the conversation off and got, you know, kind of challenged the beauty ideal and, and got it to be a little bit more inclusive and kind of have conversations around bodies and all different types of bodies. But it is very body focused and it's very much around this is my body and I love it. And you can kind of see that a lot on, on Instagram where it is very focused on the sort of tactile thing of having a body and what it looks like from different angles. And here are my rolls and this is how my skin looks in this light and in this light, which is a huge part of how we see ourselves as women being such visual creatures. I mean, we are, we're used on billboards and adverts and movies and we're just you know how we look has has been a very important thing for for many many years yeah so body positivity is very much around like this is my body and it has flaws but I love it and body neutrality is is kind of changing the lens a little bit in order to say you know this is your body and it's beautiful as it is you don't have to love it you don't have to look in the mirror and say I'm amazing you know despite my flaws it's kind of saying you are you have a body and it is one part of um, so many things about you and kind of moving the focus um, the the weight that it carries you know the importance that it carries and kind of just seeing it as one of the many things about you yeah, and I think that's really interesting so that shift between that positivity versus neutrality then I suppose there is a difference then isn't it around the positioning of that and how then you connect with that yeah. I would imagine yeah and so how important is it in terms of that that kind of the language or how we frame that for ourselves it can be a little bit inauthentic if you if we stay just in the body positivity space because it is it's very much around pumping yourself up and making yourself feel amazing and and it kind of still focuses on what you look like whereas uh, you know the body neutrality space is very much around um you know what can you do with your body like how do you feel in your body and then moving on and and it is very much taking away from the just the visual representation of your body yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because when I think about my body, there are aspects of my body that I really like and I accept. And then there's other bits that, you know, I'm not as comfortable, maybe more vulnerable about. But I think what I'm hearing you say is that actually if we can just accept it for what it is and appreciate mm -hmm. that actually there are other aspects to what makes us us or what makes me me and what makes you you, same I would imagine with your clients. And so it is one element, but there is a piece of work around accepting that, but also appreciating that you might have nice hair, you might have a great personality, you might have a good mm. sense of humor, you might, you know, might be loving and caring and compassionate. You know, the, is that what you're meaning? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, I, I kind of like find myself falling in the middle of the two because what you're saying is important as well, where you can look at yourself and say, this is something about myself that gives me value and makes me feel worthy of love and acceptance and it's something that I enjoy whereas the, the body neutral side if you go very far into that side it's kind of you don't really have any strong feelings about okay. your body mm -hmm. it's just 
part of you. It's, okay. It's, yeah. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there is a little bit of a balance because I, I, I do enjoy the, you know, being a creative and being someone who is very kind of visually driven. I love looking at people with, um, you know, sort of unique style or something quirky about them. Um, so I, I, I definitely feel like that kind of middle point is, is a good yeah. spot. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, it's very much like like completely removing your body as a... As a thing. Yeah, as a thing or something that you will kind of mark yourself with. And actually that makes a lot of sense because thinking about, you know, maybe the younger generations from what I can see and what I can understand that, that there is, you know, just with social media and everything, and you'll know this more than anybody, but there is such a pressure on how one looks and to fit the mold. You know, and if I look at, you know, the younger generation, you know, it feels like everybody, and I mean this in, I don't mean this in a rude way, but it feels like everybody's kind of trying to fit and look the same because that's what's socially acceptable. And in a sense, really what you're saying is actually the body's the body, but you're you. 100%. It is, it's, it's a crazy thing how there's this kind of set of rules that we get given saying, this is the beauty standard. And I mean, this goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and that's the the kind of thing is that it will forever be a part of society it will forever be a part of how we interact but it's about taking that and kind of saying well this is the set of rules I've been given I get to decide how I feel about it and how I want to engage with it as opposed to feeling ah you know I've got to this is how I have to be in order to be loved and accepted and worthy tell me then about how you help your clients, those women clients that come to you for support on this? How do you go about working with them and what kind of things do you help them with? It's very much around kind of changing the lens and raising awareness. So it'll be, you know, a space to kind of be vulnerable and talk about the things that, you know, you feel maybe a bit vulnerable about or something that, you you know, you're not kind of living up to the societal standards around it and then taking sitting down and really unpicking like what does that mean where did the rules come from like who constructed them and how do we feel about you know about that and then really finding like where you kind of sit on the spectrum and creating sustainable ways to move through life like I said it's I mean it's a journey it's you're constantly learning, you're constantly changing. You will never feel 100% confident in your body and in yourself. I think that's kind of challenged daily. So it's just kind of finding and equipping them with tools that they can use and develop over time. Sure. Is the aim then to encourage or to support the individual to love themselves? Yeah. I think love for sure yeah you could say say love themselves because it's a it's a kind of a complex relationship but it's more around acceptance i guess i think love puts a little bit of pressure onto the relationship that you may have with yourself at any given time and i think sometimes that can kind of add to the shame and guilt that that is already kind of layered onto to women so it's around kind of accepting and just kind of like breathing into it and saying, cool, this is where I am. And, and, and again, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't mean that, you know, if you, if you, if you are, if you, if you can accept yourself where you're at, it doesn't mean that you won't want to change or, you know, move in a different direction. That's, that's all part of it, but it is not having that kind of negative impact where you're kind of grinding yourself down. 
Yeah, I'm assuming that kind of negative self-talk or I class it that as kind of my critical companion, you know, when you just get that critical voice yeah. and it <laughs> lands on your shoulder <laughs> and it stays with you for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely. And it's constantly whittering in your ear. And, you know, I think that takes quite a lot of commitment and work actually to try and get rid of that voice and to find that acceptance. So it feels to me in a, in a way that as women, Certainly, but even men too, actually, because yeah. there's lots of men stuff going on at the moment as well, isn't there, about body image and all of that kind of thing as well. So it sounds to me like, in a sense, you're encouraging us to befriend ourselves and to get to know ourselves. Would that be fair to say? I love that. It is. It's such a, it's such a good description of it because you think about a friend that would come to you and say, I look fat in these jeans or whatever. And you would never turn around to that person and, uh, you know, say, yeah, you know, be better. Or you, we don't talk to the people we love the way we talk to ourselves. So it's such a wonderful description of really just saying, like, come and sit with me. I know how you're feeling. Let's talk about it and let's work through it. Yeah, nice. And it's interesting because I remember... I might have said this before in a previous podcast of mine, but I remember listening to, you know, the fashion designer Dion von Fustenberg, and she said, the best relationship you can have is the one with yourself. It really stuck with me because I think that just for me, in a sense, is if you can build that better relationship with yourself and like you said, accept yourself for where you are at this moment in time, then it feels like that is is a really important part of your involvement as a human being in many ways. And I wonder, do you have any kind of mantras or messages that you say to yourself or you support your clients with so that they can, they can help move more into that space of acceptance? Because that is quite a journey as you've described. And I'm kind of curious yeah. about how they can springboard or, or just kind of find better ways to communicate with themselves around that? I think it's it's really around taking that statement of like your flaws are beautiful and shifting it to your flaws are irrelevant and kind of building language around that and really taking a stance on not like completely pushing it out and ignoring it, but also you know not focusing on it too much and having that conversation with yourself and really just developing awareness and in that moment you know when you when you're feeling self-conscious or you've something's kind of triggered you into to feeling conscious about your body like really sitting in that moment and having that conversation with yourself and breaking it down and looking at it and I think obviously like practical tools around you know your visual diet what you surround yourself with I think that's a, a huge part in really sitting down and doing an audit, a visual detox and mm. going in and, and kind of checking out all the you know diet culture, Fitspo accounts that we follow. And, you know, this, that's not to say that, that these accounts don't offer kind of positive aspects. It's about not making it kind of the holy grail and, and not allowing it to make you feel less than. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more then about this kind of audit, this this kind of detox then. So where would you where would you start if you wanted to kind of think actually I do need to detox some some aspects <laughs> of my life? Where would you start with that? What would you encourage people to do? I, I definitely think social media is just a playground for, you know, these things. The, the kind of communities that exist on, on social media are terrifying. Um so I think you know, it's, it is unfortunate that the algorithm is designed in such a way that it shows us more of 
what it thinks we want to see. It kind of gauges what what it thinks we want to see by how much time we spend hovering over it. But because we have this kind of negative bias, we tend to hover over things that maybe don't make us feel so good. And then it goes, great, this is what you know this person is focusing on more. Let's feed them more of that. So I think really going in and making it's kind of like you've got to kind of curate it a little bit initially and then it, it sort of picks it up. But, you know, going in and saying, I'm not interested in seeing this content. Um, you can actually tick stuff off, off of your, your Instagram and finding other stuff that you can kind of replace. So it's, it's very much about detoxing and getting rid of, of the stuff that doesn't make you feel good and then adding in the stuff that does make you feel good and also that challenges you. Um, you know, following accounts that that really challenge the way that you think about certain things, that really challenge what you're used to seeing um, on a continual basis. Yeah, and it's interesting you talked about negative bias there. So, mm. could you just share with the audience a little bit more about your your take on what that is? Because I'm sure there might be some. I mean, I just kind of wanted to get the clarity yeah. on that because I think it's really it's a really interesting piece. Yeah, it's it is, and and kind of why social media has such a negative effect on on people in general is just that it's it kind of wants you to spend as much time as possible on on that platform so the more you're looking at stuff the longer you're there the, the easier it is to sell stuff to you so we are just very curious in, in that sense we love drama we love to see you know the trolls and the fights with all the trolls on, on the comments and you will often see um, on a post the posts that have been pushed up to the top are generally ones where there's some kind of engagement happening and it's yeah it just unfortunately can spiral and um, what you sort of start um, taking in uh, you will just get more of that. And then next thing you look, your whole feed is just kind of all of that messaging. Because it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I see it from two perspectives. And again, tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, for example, the newspapers, you know, they're really big into body shaming and, you know, kind of, especially mm-hmm. women in particular. You know, there's a picture a couple of weeks ago of Bridget Fonda who put on quite a lot of weight and they'd had this, you know, the 20 years younger versus where she is to now and things like that and and I, I feel that's quite one that's quite awful to do and it just kind of makes people feel even just more worse about themselves but then there's also this thing where you would follow something or even kind of search for things that actually subconsciously make us feel bad i.e. they don't serve us very well but we kind of seem compelled to keep researching or to keep looking what's your take on why we do that what makes us do that i honestly think it's like a a a chemical reaction it's it's like a dopamine hit it's it's a thing of oh you know this is dramatic or it's like it gives you a little bit of a you know a buzz you want to see what's happening and and i think that you know the media and and the algorithm plays on that it's it's an easy way to get engagement so i think it's 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 we are just naturally that we programmed that way um and and they definitely use it yeah and i suppose then that then becomes a bit of a habitual way of doing it isn't it so you get online first thing in the morning you'll do this throughout the day you'll most probably start searching or googling or whatever we all do on instagram or social media or the or the internet but it is interesting so it feels to me that actually that's a really good point that perhaps we should all take a look at our social media and, and what we're spending our time on and actually asking us is this 
hindering me or is yeah. this assisting me and assisting me in the right way but kind of you know hindering me and if it's not serving us very well then why are we doing it you know and, and kind of make that conscious decision well that's so you know a leaf we can take out of the Fitzbo book is that you are what you eat and your visual diet you are you are what you consume um and I mean, social media gets a bad rap for the quality of, of content and information that we're sort of ingesting on a daily basis. But there really are some incredible people out there that are having really, really important conversations. There is so much to find. And I think, um, you know, that, that thing of going out and actively looking for um, conversations that are being had that challenge your, your thoughts or, or challenge your lens on life I think it's really really important I think Facebook is is kind of set up the same way where it's really creating a polarity between people um you can see it in a political sense I mean in America there's just like this really extreme um separation and I don't think that's a mistake I think it's because we just end up in our own little echo chambers and that's kind of one aspect that I that I don't agree with as much where where you know there's that sentiment of if if that upsets you or it challenges you or triggers you, just remove it, delete it, unfollow it. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily helpful. I think it, it is important to to be aware of everything, but then kind of choose what, you, what you're wanting to engage in. Yeah. And I think that taking the time out to just to reflect upon that, I think is most probably quite a big piece of that journey, isn't it? I think for, for people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I love the fact that you use your photography to help liberate your clients in many ways. And, and that, that obviously when you said how kind of all this started in terms of the work that that project that you worked on, it really picked up traction. So I'm curious around how your photography and that coaching kind of work merge and come together, because it's really fascinates me that kind of, like you said, seeing the, the art and beauty in people yeah. and things. And so I'm curious more around that. Can you tell me a little bit more? So it's been an interesting journey, you know, interesting conversation that I have been having with myself over the years. You know, it's like I'm trying to focus on being um, body neutral and and really moving into a space of it's not about what you look like, it's about what you can do or how you feel. But, you know, feeling good and and being confident and and having a way to express yourself is part of the whole ecosystem and again it's it's not the most important part but it's it is a great part to explore and I and I feel like that kind of happens in that space where um I've got this process called the ritual where it's a um a kind of conversation with your with your past self and your future self and you pick an archetype and you um, lean into one of the archetypes. Because I believe, I believe we, have, we all have a little bit of every archetype. But there's kind of one that you really feel called to um, step into at a particular time in your life. And then it's just wonderful to watch women go through that process and uh, embody that archetype and feel empowered by it. And then have this kind of, it's more of a visual representation, a reminder a little moment in history to look back on as opposed to it being I look good and this is my my reminder of that I can look like that it's it's more a thing of this is where I was at this time in my life and this is a lesson that I learned and here's my my representation of it instead of kind of picking it apart and, and looking at like 
you know, maybe what the flaw, her flaws are at that particular time or, or how she looked. And so tell me more then about the, the archetype. The ritual sounds fantastic. I'm really intrigued with that. And I think just, <laughs> and so so if, you know, I was going to come to you as a, as a client, for example, how would you work with me to help me understand more about myself in that way? So I guess it's, it's sitting down, um, a lot of the work is done on their own. I will kind of check in with them at the beginning and, and in the middle, and then we obviously check in before the shoot time. But it's really sitting in and saying, what am I wanting to achieve? It could be like a, a new, what do I want to do with this year? Or what phase am I moving into in my life? And then I've got my seven archetypes um, and each of them kind of has a description. You know, there's there's like the mystic and there's the sage. So so like, let's take the sage, for example. She's very much a um, more of a masculine archetype. She's quite strong. She's quite like, you know, focused on, on her goals and focused on stepping into something. And, and that might be something that a particular woman is, is maybe wanting to lean into more. So we build her uh, process on that archetype and those kind of themes that come up with that archetype. And then we will represent that in her shoot. Her, her shoot. So she'll kind of have a power suit on or something mm. kind of makes her feel like she's embodying more of her masculine archetype and... And then she can look back at that. She receives her photographs with the, some of her journaling and her letters to herself. And then it's a reminder for her um, in, for her next chapter. Wow, what amazing experience that must be. Yeah. It genuinely sounds fantastic. I'm like, I'll have to book one of those sessions yeah. with you. <laughs> no, I love the idea of that. And actually then you kind of visually representing it as well. And along with yeah. obviously all the, the other stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But I think that there's something, isn't there, then about really like you said that that embodying piece mm. because I think mm. if you don't embody it then you, you're not going to kind of get into that space where you would like to be and, and yeah. work through that stuff yeah and that's uh that's very much kind of you know to answer your question about how the coaching and the photography kind of join I thought you know it's great to kind of have a shoot or to 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 take a few pictures like you know like a lot of people will opt for a boudoir session that's really um you know an incredible experience but the process before that and after that is for me is like the real the real gold. Obviously, when working with not doing the same work as you do, but obviously working with clients to help transform whatever it is that they're wanting to transform. What I do is I take my clients on both an inner journey and an outer journey. Mm. And it feels very much that you're doing something similar. Well, I think you're doing something the same, actually, from what, what I'm hearing. Would you, would you mm. agree with that? I think so. I think it's, you know, we can't deny the fact that we are visual creatures and we exist in a world that is visually driven and it's, you know, a large part of our identity is how we kind of show up in the world. So I think that it is very important to to take that into account. But the inner work is, is it's definitely, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's if not more important. Um, but I think that they, they need to go hand in hand. It has to be a balance. I would agree with that because I think I think for me I find that we, we really do need to start there first the inner person or the inner version of that person to really get to for the client you mentioned awareness before but that sense of really getting them to connect with themselves at that much deeper level and mm-hmm. to, to to get to know as we said befriend them get to know themselves and then they can start to accept them and I think that's then when they can start projecting that externally once yeah. they've figured that out but it's it's a really interesting concept like I really like the idea of that so 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 with all of that I mean I wondered if you could share any challenges that your clients might have or even you might have had along your own journey around this sense of connection with self in the way that you've described it I think we don't realize how 
deeply we are programmed uh, i mean it's it's crazy how even at you know the age of five or six we are aware of our bodies and how our bodies are received and and how we are perceived physically in, in the world and i think that it's very easy to think that you're on top of it all and you know kind of nothing can touch you once you know once you can see but it's it's just it's just crazy how deeply it is ingrained and how it rears its head at any given moment I mean I just very recently had a temper tantrum and <laughs> during Christmas time when I was with my mom I said to take a photo of me against the building and I looked at the photograph and I was this, she, I mean, given she, my mom really takes terrible photographs of me, she's one of those people that happen to catch just the right angle. So, um, you know, and, and really, that really upset me. And, and I sat there with myself and I thought, how can you be upset? You know, you know all these things. Why, why are you affected by it? And I think it, it also just allows you to be human and realize you know this is a process it's a constant conversation it's a it's like a relationship um you know you get married to somebody it's not smooth sailing for the rest of your lives it's hard work and um there are really really good days and there are really really bad days so so kind of just going with that ebb and flow of, of that relationship mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's such an important factor is that appreciation that actually it is a journey and we will wobble. There's always moments when we'll have those wobbly moments where we kind of, you know, get triggered or we get back a step. But I think that's part of the learning process is is that because I think in those moments you, well, I think sometimes we're just tested as well, aren't we, in, in life? And, and I think, you know, that, that sense of, of being triggered in that way just allows us to take stock again and to remind ourselves and remember that bigger picture, the bigger purpose behind what we're trying to do. And I think the other thing is about accepting that actually, you're right, things are not perfect. And that's one thing that I've learned to accept about myself is that, and I, and I joke and I say, well, I'm a work in progress, but I do strongly, be- I do strongly yeah. believe that. <laughs> Even as a coach, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years, but I still feel like every day there's always something new to learn and there's always something new to experience. And I think that having that approach makes me accept myself more than I certainly would have done years ago and I think that those moments of difficulty or challenge are essential for growth I don't think that there's growth without those kind of defining moments and and I often I get quite excited now when I when I really you know hit something that's hard and there's a lot of pain and and hard work obviously it's really difficult but I know that you know on the other side of that there's great potential for growth and that there's obviously there's a kind of shift happening and Andy J. Pizza talks about uh, that and he says whenever there's a booby trap there's treasure yeah. <laughs> and it is it's very much like okay this is this is really hard but it generally means that there's there's something good on the other side I think you're absolutely right with that it's a really good a really good example of that so there's something that I'm hearing is is around building a better relationship with yourself or a, or a a deeper relationship with yourself where there's acceptance you're looking at things through perhaps a different lens or kind of changing the lens that perhaps you've looked through being aware of those negative biases doing a detox there's lots of really good tips you've already given us but I'm I'm curious around the conversations you think we should be having because obviously there's lots of great stuff in what you've shared already so I'm wondering you know if we were to kind of wipe the slate clean and the conversation that we're either to have with ourselves or with others 
what would you say we should be talking about regarding body and acceptance? I think that it is so important that there is just diversity. I think that it's so great that the conversation has moved off of the glossy pages of magazines of, you know, this kind of curated um, information and a curated voice into the space of, of um, social media where everybody has a platform to have a conversation. You know, there's obviously pros and cons to that, but I think that having a conversation with people from all different walks of life that have different things to say about bodies and the body space, um, I think un- unfortunately it has been a, a very Eurocentric uh, conversation for, for many, many years. And I think it's great now that the, the lens is changing and that there's more diversity. So I think I just want to see more of that. Yeah. So more open conversations, getting that yeah. on the on the table rather than, than not. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank and you more for exposure. That. More exposure mm-hmm. to, to the way that people live and exist in their bodies, whatever their their, yeah. their bodies are. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of that. Because I think that actually also adds for a completely different conversation. And again, that will educate us, it will widen and deepen our awareness it will open our minds which i think is quite useful thank you that's a really good really good thought so your mission your purpose in life big question big question have you you defined have you (laughs) defined have you defined that yet and and if so could you share what that is i have actually very recently delved back into your find your why uh with simon sinek Uh, a friend of mine brought it up recently and did a little refresher on it and I've really kind of um defined that my purpose and and I also don't like the word purpose but what I feel I enjoy doing most in this life is finding the magic in kind of everything finding the 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 magic and the simplicity because I do believe at the at everyone's core there is magic and and beauty and just all the the good stuff. So alchemy. Everyone has alchemy. Everything, every moment has alchemy. And I really enjoy spending time observing it and then pulling that alchemy out and representing it in a visual way and kind of sharing it with people. Um, and that kind of goes across the board and to all the different projects and things that I'm... Lovely. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. And I would agree. I think there's definitely when we really connect with our deepest sense of self and our essential nature, there's so much beauty there. We just need to, and we forget, I I think, I don't know on our journeys, I'm nearly 50 now, but on my journey, I think you forget about that because of that conditioning as you've described and all the things that we're exposed to in our lives. And I would like to think that we can all get to a point where we can really allow our true selves to shine through and that beauty that wisdom that knowledge that that magic of you described the alchemy I think is is a, is a wonderful thing so I, I love that thank you for sharing that so you've learned lots obviously along this journey and you've shared so much but is there one big thing that has really stood out for you as your mm. tipping point your moment of recognition and realization I think I really just I think what you know what we've been through in the last two years on a on a global scale, just understanding that life is so short and we we move through life as if we will live forever and we are constantly waiting for a specific moment when and if and 
I, I think, yeah, I just really, no one is going to give me a permission slip. No one is going to award me the life that I want. No one is going to say, okay, great, you know, now is your time. And that is solely up to me and, and the way that I, you know, the work that I put into the way that I see the world. And, um, yeah, I think just kind of really focusing on, on taking life and, and living it and sucking every drop out of it. I think after these two years, I'm, I'm not wasting any more time. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it, basically. Yes. <laughs> and enjoy time. every the moment. Time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the time is now. I could, couldn't agree anymore, actually, with you as well. That's fantastic. So for the women that you work with, but for those that perhaps yet haven't come to you, but may want to come to you, um, what what is the final message that you would say to women who are on a journey to body neutrality? What would you say to them? I would say be gentle, stay curious, stay at the table, stay within the conversation, um, ask lots of questions and spend time reflecting. I think it is. It's it's a, a beautiful process of crafting how you feel and how you want to move through the world. And as long as you are engaging and staying curious, I think um, it's a sure, sure way to kind of find how you feel about all of it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And then finally, one last question. So where can our listeners get hold of you to find out more about the work you do and maybe engage in getting some support from you? So I am on Instagram under Claire Fergally and I have my website, clairefergally.com. I am sniffing around uh, TikTok, but I don't know. I'm in my 30s, so I don't know if I, if I, <laughs> if TikTok is for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on TikTok as well and giving yeah. that a go. <laughs> Well, good for you. I've not yet figured out TikTok. I might come and <laughs> ask for some advice. Um, but yeah, thank you, Claire. It's been honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I've loved the conversation. Um, I think it's been really interesting. And I know our listeners are going to enjoy it just equally as much as I have today. So thanks so much. Thanks so much, Gillian. And thank you. Yeah, those, those questions were really incredible. And I think it's good to kind of explore all, all the different avenues of this seemingly quite uh, complicated topic. So I really enjoyed that. Thank you. for tuning in. I'd love to take a moment and tell you about our wellness retreats that will be happening in May 2022 in Mallorca, Spain. My team and I have created four immersive retreats that allows you to take a step back from all the stresses and strains of your daily life in order to focus on your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. From coaching mastery, mindfulness and meditation, conscious living and so much more, we offer a nurturing and truly experiential life enriching environment where you'll reconnect, rediscover and reaffirm who you are and what you want in your life. If you're interested in learning more, head to the fullcircleglobal.com website and click the retreats tab. In the meantime, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life. And see you soon.